All right, first episode with the new microphone. Craig Needles, say hi to the folks out there. Well, hello everyone. All right, it's good. not a it's not a good day to be a sports fan in the general Toronto area. No, terrible. It's a terrible day for everything. Um, I was hoping not to have to bug you this week because I knew we were going to do a big March Madness podcast on Monday, try to help some people out with their uh, gambling and whatnot. But um, when the Jays season comes to an end in the middle of March, you know, I, I got to put a call in for you. Um, I, I wouldn't go that far, but it's certainly not a good day. Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll certainly go that far. Um, so what went through your head during the 10 minutes when we were waiting to find out what Anthopolis was going to say? Well, I was texting you. My thought process was based on the trouble he had earlier in camp that it was going to be Brett Cecil because he had experienced some problems. And I was going back and forth with some people on Twitter saying, well, that's not a significant announcement. If Cecil's projected to be the closer, I think that him going under the knife would be a significant announcement. But it turns out to be much, much worse news than Brett Cecil. Some people thought it was going to be Edwin, but I thought to myself, ah, no, it's not going to be Edwin Encarnacion because they already found no structural damage unless they went for a second opinion. But I think that we would have at least been hinted that might be possible when he went uh, for the first MRI. So I didn't think it was going to be Edwin. And then the things that kept rushing through my mind was, okay, does somebody need Tommy John surgery? But no one's had an incident in camp that we've heard about where they threw a pitch and all of a sudden they had uh, an arm pop or something along those lines. So I, I was just really weirded out. And it I kind of came together and we found out that it was Stroman because A, uh, that would be the most, I think if, if you're talking about a pitcher getting hurt, that was probably the worst case scenario for the Blue Jays. And B, um, wasn't about an arm popping or anything like that. It was because he fielded a bunt incorrectly. Yeah, we still haven't, uh, no footage I think has come out of him twisting his knee. So we don't know what happened if he just like twisted it bouncing off the mound or something. But either way. Well, the alleged version as told by, I believe it was Josh Donaldson. Um, they were doing a bunt drill. The bunt was laid down. Donaldson was coming in. He said that he was going to field the ball. Stroman backed off, so he didn't run into Donaldson, and that got him to turn around and, and whatnot. So well, that's where we're at. Oh, God, that's terrible. Um, yeah, the, the big trade from the offseason. If that trade hadn't happened, let's say Laurie gets there before Stroman even uh, comes off the mound, then none of this ever occurs. Uh, yeah. Butterfly effect. So there, yeah. So there's a there's a feather in your uh, Brett Laurie cap. I, um, I'm not looking for feathers in my Brett Laurie cap today. I, I don't need any feathers uh, in my cap today. My 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 Blue Jays cap is safely stored where I cannot see it right now. Yeah, so like because like, I'll tell you, like what went through my head, because you know me, I'm a guy, I'm I'm pretty jaded and cynical, as you know. So I I tend to think of all the worst case scenarios. And during that 10 minute period, I obviously went to oh crap, like one of Stroman or Sanchez is headed for Tommy John. My other scenario that I was playing in my head was like, since it was coming out of nowhere and we had no idea about any sort of injury uh, effect that may have happened to the team or an injury that may have taken place was I, I thought for half a second that maybe one of our significant guys got pinched for performance enhancers and was about yes, to be suspended. I, for I thought about season. that too. Like I, obviously I, would have been a problem. Yeah, like maybe we were about to lose, and I'm not accusing the, these particular individuals that I'm about to name of being on performance enhancers, although if you put me on the record, I will say that I think everybody in professional sports across all things, all scenarios are on performance enhancers. But like if we were to lose, say, Jose Batista or Edwin Encarnacion, like I figured like because Edwin went for games. the, yeah, Edwin went for the back thing, like so maybe they had him, you know, 
they were like, hey, while you're here, let's have you be well in this be cup. In the cup. Yeah, yeah, and then he was going to be gone for 50 games of the year, depending on what well, happened. 50 games for first defense, I think. Yeah. Um, so where do the Jays go from here? Like, like what do you what do you think they're I up think to? You got to stay the course. I think for now, like people talking about Cole Hamels, there's no chance of that happening. Oh God, no. So for now, I think that what you do is you go into the year and your rotation is Dickey, Burley, Hutchison, Sanchez, and Norris. And if one of those guys struggles, you hope that you get something out of Johan Santana. And that's what you, that, that's what you got to do. I know that that's kind of patchwork, but if you look at the other rotations in the AL East, it's actually still pretty much as good as the other ones. Maybe not New York, depending on what is going on with some of their guys, but I don't think that that is necessarily uh, a disaster. Obviously, it's better to have Stroman in that group. Stroman probably would have been the best guy in that group this season. But I think that they just kind of have to go with what they've got here. Well, that's Starting the, pitching is the one spot where they could sort of afford something. The That's what uh, Anthopoulos said. Like, Anthopoulos was on uh, uh, with Wilner today. He jumped on with Wilner because Wilner was calling the middle of the uh, one of the games that they had today. I think they were playing the Twins down at Dunedin today. And uh, Wilner asked him what he was going to do. And, you know, Anthopoulos said, we're going to go from within, which they, you know, have no choice because I don't think they're, they're going to be given any money to go out and make a uh, – even if they were, who you're going to get? Yeah, exactly. All the guys that, all the guys that were going to get traded before the season started, with the exception of Hamels, have already been traded. And, and like Hamels, said, they're not getting Cole Hamels. No, I don't think they're getting Cole Hamels either. Hamels is a nice pitcher, but I, I don't care if you're the Dodgers. There's a lot of money out there, and the the prospect price might be a little bit too rich. In fact, if the Dodgers thought it was a good idea to get Cole Hamels with their unlimited budget, they already would have gone out and got Cole Hamels, but they didn't. So I think that that says a lot about what's left on that deal the you mentioned daniel norris I'm, I'm hesitant to say like everyone is in such a rush to anoint daniel norris the fourth guy in the rotation and i i just what has he done like i'm just looking at it and i'm like he, he hasn't really he's had a meteoric rise he went since he was yeah. drafted as far as their prospect go he's i believe the 18th prospect uh, ranked prospect in baseball according to keith law is he ready to be a major league starter full no. time this year? I don't no, know. He's not. I, I, I'm comfortable saying no on that one. Why? Well, it's just like you look at what he's done. He hasn't been able to get it done in Double A. Like he like he pitched last year in Double A, and his ERA was like over like close to five. And when he's come up in the for his you know brief appearances in you know with Toronto, he's he just hasn't looked good. And he's down in Buffalo. I I think that the stuff is there. Like I'm, I'm, I'm cheering for him. Like I'm cheering for him. But like I think, like everyone is in a is really quickly saying, okay, next man up with Daniel Norris, and I'm just, I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Eastern League, uh, New Hampshire's ballpark. It's not exactly super pitcher friendly. The fact that he was neither is Rogers Center though. Was, pardon me. Rogers Center isn't pitcher friendly though, so you really can't like this. No, no, but I'm just saying that to to look at if he comes in and has an ERA at four and a half this season, he's fine. Um, if you look at what he did in Buffalo, he was he had a decent year in Buffalo last. Yeah, 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 he was more than six years younger than everyone else in the league. You have to remember, he's 21. That's true. And the the average age of the guys in AAA or is 27. He's facing guys who are a lot older than him for the most part, and he managed to be pretty good. I think that. 
it's maybe not optimal. I think that the best case scenario would have been that he starts the year in Buffalo at the very least. But at this point, there aren't a lot of options besides him that would be better than him. You can pencil him into that starting rotation. Like, I think you can you can pencil him in right now. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and pen him into that starting rotation. Um, yeah, which is fine. Uh, I, I'm not against that. There was uh, the competition between him and Sanchez. That competition is no longer there, and that's okay. I'd rather Sanchez be a starter anyway. I think this means that they've got to do something about the bullpen more so than doing something about the rotation. Because now, Sanchez is not in the rotation mix any or or the bullpen mix, excuse me, anymore. I think now Sanchez, like, I think the Blue Jays before this, because we've got what a month left to go in, of spring training. I think before this is all said and done, because they've been steadfast with their, we're going to put Sanchez in the bullpen, and rightfully so, because the bullpen is pretty effing thin, and. They need to add an arm or two, which you can always do in the middle of the season with bullpens. But with Cecil, with the shoulder problem, is just looming over the franchise right now because they're like it looks like at some point he's gonna start. He's gonna have to go for surgery or something. Just it's scary. Like I'm worried. I'm worried about Brett Cecil, and I think the Jays before this is all said and done, I think they're gonna come to their senses about putting Mark Sanchez in the bullpen and actually move him to the starting rotation. What do you think? Aaron Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, probably Mark Sanchez. Sorry, my bad. I'm sure I'm not <laughs> uh, the first one who's made that. I, I, I think that I think that now Sanchez is in the is in the the rotation. It has to be that way. You think so? Because has they, to be that way. They've said he's in the bullpen. Like that. Like he. They've already said like him and like Anthopolis and Gibby have already said we're going to continue the course with him in the bullpen. And like I just said a couple seconds ago, I think they're going to come to their senses before this entire. Spring training is over, and he will be getting some starters minutes and be in the rotation at the beginning of the season. I think he's going to be the fifth guy. I think he. I think he's going to be the fifth guy because look at this. There's no reason now, especially there's no reason to not have him. Like think about how many extra innings he's going to throw. I know that there is going to be some question about whether stuff. he's ready he's to got starter stuff. Like there's no reason. Like you're, you're so wasting hypothetically. Him hypothetically, maybe Miguel Castro is the guy that goes into the bullpen now and he starts the year with the big league team again not the optimal situation but when your best starting pitcher in all likelihood tears his acl you, you gotta start optimal making situations moves. no longer exist exactly. right um, the optimal situation is no longer there and there's a lot of teams that are going to not have their optimal situation you think the rangers are feeling good about optimal situations right now no you darvish poor little out for our homie god i loved him yeah. since he was a nippon ham fighter Ugh. I should get an Epon Ham Fighters jersey, but that's neither here nor there. Um, they were kicking around a few names as far as trades go, and um, like obviously Cole Hamels was out there, but that was a load of crap. But a few people were kicking around a trade with the Diamondbacks for uh, Daniel Hudson or Chase Anderson. Now neither of those guys are, you know, light the world on fire guys, but they could be solid back end of the rotation, like four or five guys. I mean, they, yeah, they, I suppose. they'd be coming to the AL East. But, I mean, like, what would we have to give up to get one of those guys? Because the Diamondbacks, this is going to be a throwaway year for them. So there's no way we could throw them um, our biggest trade piece right now besides young pitching, which, you know, you're not trading Navarro. young pitching, is DeAndre Navarro. And you don't need a catcher if you're throwing, like, a catcher on a one-year rental if you're... No, not unless you think you can turn him into more at the deadline. But I, I yeah. don't think Arizona's making that deal. No, and it's... No matter how much Navarro might want that deal to happen 
because obviously he's going into free agent here. He wants to find a contract and and good for him for wanting at bats. But yeah, I look at this and say to myself, I don't think Navarro is going to be the guy that brings back that starting pitcher for you, unless some team that thinks it has this catching situation figured out all of a sudden doesn't have its catching situation figured out anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? All of a sudden somebody gets hurt or something happens or something goes wrong, whatever it happens to be. You mentioned uh, Marco Estrada earlier. Um, Would you care to take a guess um, at how many pitchers gave up more home runs last year than Marco Estrada? Oh, it's probably very close to zero. We had a real problem with that last year. Zero is the question. He gave up the most home runs in Major League Baseball last year as a pitcher. And we all know that, you know, the Rogers Center is not conducive to making those numbers go down. No. Now, that being said, that ballpark in Milwaukee ain't exactly the equivalent of San Diego. A, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's, it's not exactly Safeco. No. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so I, I think it's hard to say that this is going to become a much, much worse problem. But if you look at Marco Estrada, the bullpen guy, Pretty gosh darn good. Marco Estrada, the starting pitcher, there are some question marks there. So I think that we want to avoid the existence of Marco Estrada, the starting pitcher, from a Jays perspective. I think you want him to be Marco Estrada, the bullpen guy. So it sounds like you and I agree that the rotation for the Blue Jays, when this is all said and done, is going to be Burley, Dickey, Hutchison, Norris, and Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez. Yes, I think I think that's the way it has to go. And right. And if if one of the younger guys struggles, or if somebody gets hurt, then you hope that uh, in April or May or what, late April rather, or May or whenever he's good to go, uh, maybe it's not till the end of May that you hope that maybe there's something there with Santana. Yep. Um, and that's that's the hope. Well, going back to Santana, Santana hasn't even thrown off a mound. No, yet. no, and yeah, I'm not saying you should count on him, but that is the hope. Yeah, it's it, like it was a dice roll, and it was it was a why the hell There's not. There's nothing wrong with that roll. dice roll, Absolutely not even nothing. a little bit. The problem is his out pitch was always his changeup, right? And like that was always his, his that was his kill shot pitch. Uh, but in order for that, you know, the changeup to work, you've got to have like ten miles an hour difference between that and your fastball, which means he's got to get his fastball up around. I mean, it doesn't need to be low nineties, but it's got to at least hit ninety. Like, it, he doesn't have to hit 92, 93, but he's got to hit 89, 90. Otherwise, that, you know, his changeup, which is his out pitch, isn't going to be effective at all. So that's basically the big test is whether or not he can get it up around 89, 90. If he, I think if he can get it up to, <laughs> get it up. If I think if he can get it up there to 89, 90, I think his his kill pitch, the, the changeup will be effective again. And I think he can easily like get guys out in the major leagues again, especially in the free swing and AL East. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's got a chance, uh, but a guy who's been through so much when it comes to injuries and so many different things have gone wrong for him. I don't, I don't want to count on him either, but I think he's got a chance and he doesn't have to be an ace. Obviously you can just come in and eat some innings and that's going to be okay. Rude. So maybe that's what happens here. We'll see. What's going on with Kyle Drabeck? Kyle Drabeck, I don't think, could be a major league starting pitcher anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that his elbow has gone through enough that it's just not going to hold up to the rigors of doing that. So I think he's a he's a once a week, a once a week bullpen guy if, if if that's what happens. And um, we'll see what happens with Kyle Drabeck. I I, I hope he can contribute just for him because he's always had to work pretty hard to to get back. But 
we'll see. I, I he'll have to tra- salvage his career out of the bullpen. We'll see yeah. if he can do it. There are guys that have gone through what he's gone through have done that before. We'll see if he can become one of them. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a damn shame. Um, I feel, yeah, because I heard a few people on Twitter, like, because obviously you get the random panicky fans uh, and whatnot on Twitter, especially in Toronto, which is, you know, a city just beat down with nonsense like this across all the sports, except for lacrosse. Um, so the, the two names that, you know, the, the the fans who don't necessarily think things through were kicking around were Kyle Drabeck. And my first thing was, oh, yeah. And, like, I, I completely forgot, to be honest with you. I completely but forgot. He's had Tommy John surgery two times. Yeah, well, I no, I, I remember that. But I completely forgot Drebeck was even on the, the roster, for God's sake. Like, that's how far, you know, down the down the trough he was in my mind. And then when I remembered Drebeck, I was like, oh, God, yeah, I guess that could be a thing. But he's had two Tommy John surgeries, and he hasn't pitched in a year and a half. So I'm guessing that he's probably done so. And the other one was, I and I couldn't believe people were still kicking around his name, was Ricky Romero. And it made me sick to my stomach to the point where I don't like to pay the trolls that often on Twitter, but I kind of had to pay the trolls on this one where I was telling Jays fans on Twitter, just stop it. Like, like Ricky Romero, like it's, it's over and it's embarrassing every time you bring up his name on Twitter. Ricky Romero will, uh, will, will probably never pitch in the major leagues again, at least not for the Toronto Blue Jays. That's, that's the way it is. It's too bad. And every now and then there are the pitchers that just have whatever it was that happened to him happen. And it's it's too bad, but that's just the way it is. Well, what happened with him was he had the one really good year, and then he had a, he had a few really good years. Like yeah, he, that's true. He basically had he a good, was a legitimately good. He got Cy starting Young pitcher in the American League. He he had like his one year where he was cemented as the Jays' ace, and they gave him that big contract. He I think got like two or three Cy Young votes, and I'm sure they were from you know local guys who happened to have a vote. Yeah, he finished tenth in Cy Young voting in 2011. He was an All Star. Yeah. He had an ERA below three and 32 starts, uh, more than 200 innings, like really, really good year. Really good. And the, his major league career up until, let's say, what, what I think it was what, May of 2012 when things went awry, really good. Uh, there was no reason to not believe that he was going to be a pretty good pitcher for quite some time. Didn't work out because, like I said, every now and then that, that happens to guys. Yeah. Well, I think I think what happened was everybody just looked at the footage on him and they, they figured him out. Because remember, he got shelled in – the year after he got the Cy Young votes and he was never... right. It wasn't until May when that started. I think he started out six and oh that season. Yeah. Nine or well, cause I, I remember uh, that. It's... Obviously uh, people figured out, including Joe Madden in Tampa Bay, that he had, a, he was the rare left-handed pitcher that had a hard time getting lefties out. So that's one of the things that people figured out, but it was just that he couldn't find the strikes anymore. That's what went wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he he like basically what happened was like people figured him out a little bit, and then he lost his con- and then he had trouble locating, and he just completely lost his confidence. Because I had my uh, my uh, sous chef, and he's obviously not a uh, you know a baseball expert by any means, but he took his family down to Dunedin last year, or not Dunedin, Buffalo last year to watch the Bison's play because you know it's mm-hmm. super cheap. And uh, Romero happened to be pitching that day, and he said he just he couldn't locate at all and I, I think Ricky ended up giving up like five runs and a bunch of hits in that game and I think the Bison still ended up winning the game but I think this is the last season that the Jays will be have Ricky Romero on the on the books on the I books you're right let's, uh, let's find out about paid, that. I think seven five no, this year he's yeah he's got seven and a half million dollars this year 
there is a club a option for $100,000 buyout on yeah. 2016. Which will likely be exercised. If they don't execute that, they owe him $13.1 million. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that $13.1 million option is not picked up. Yeah, I'm fairly certain he will be bought out for a fraction of the price. Six, Six hundred thousand dollars is what they owe them if they want to buy them out. Oh, I, I think that they're probably going to pay in the six hundred k. I forgot to tell you a joke. I had a joke queued up that I could that I'd been thinking about all day at work, like I was doing material or something, and I completely forgot to. I was going to start off this pod with it, and I forgot it. So we're going to do it now. And the joke Good. was, I was going to start the show off, and I was going to go, boy, the. Uh, uh, the Strowman news. Oh God, I'm butchering this. Uh, the Strowman news came out of left field, but hey, the Jays don't have that either. Hi oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> Trouble brewing. All right. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad that no one's advertising on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, anyway. We'll get. There. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Just need the reps. Um, are the Jays regretting the half for Saunders trade right now? Just a little bit. What do you think? I don't think so. No? I think that they – no, I, I don't think so. I think it I think it made sense at the time. I obviously, you don't expect this to happen so early in the season. But I think that they had enough to withstand one or two injuries in the rotation, uh, more so than most teams do. Like, And I, I don't think they're necessarily regretting it right now. I think that's a pretty good trade. And if Saunders can – hit in the Rogers center like other people have who have come here from bigger ballparks. I think that's going to wind up being a a real, real nice deal. So I think that if you look at it, you just kind of got to say, I I know that you kind of wonder if you have that extra arm would think you better off right now, but it's probably better in the long run. This time next year, they'll be glad when half would have been gone. It's on still on the team. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, the good news is, you know, once they get the uh, the AstroTurf out of the Rogers Center, these types of injuries are going to stop happening, you know. What's that? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, it didn't happen at the Rogers Center at oh, all? Oh, no, no, it happened in Dunedin on a field that apparently nobody takes care of. Yeah. A second second injury on the in, in spring training with a real, like, weirdo freak accident, which is not optimal. And, yeah, and, and like, they... They, they they dodged a bullet like it seemed like they dodged a bullet with the with the Saunders thing because it looked like Saunders was going to be gone for till the All Star break and then apparently they took a look at him and it was oh hey no no they're going to be fine they just need uh, it was uh, a meniscus that they removed the meniscus as opposed to repairing it which takes longer to heal from but it's it may have an impact on Saunders later in his career later in his life so that's too bad for Saunders but for the purposes of exclusively the 2015 Toronto Blue Jays. It's not the worst case scenario. Over under how many wins do the Jays have next year? Or this year, sorry, not next year. Well, I, like set a line. Um, no, I'll, I'll, t- line I'll tell you what the line is. I just want to uh, – oh. do you want me to tell you the line is before you – Yeah, tell me the line. I'll give you an over and under. The line right now according to – let me just make sure I have this site correct. Um, oh, this is just apparently according to the odds in Vegas. Uh, the Jays are sitting at 82.5 wins right now. I'll take the over. I think they score enough runs that it's fine. 
Yeah, I, I think I'll take I don't it. know if I'd take the over at 85. Well, no, 85 probably. Yeah, I'm if thinking. If start like, talking about 86, 87, then I get, I get a little more skittish. But if they go over that, basically 82 is asking, it. will they win more games than they lose? And the answer to that is probably yes. Yeah, like we're. I'm, I'm thinking this team, if you ask me to put a number, I'm thinking 84 to 86 is the range for this team as far as wins goes, which. I think they can do a little bit better than that if they get lucky somewhere in the lineup. Well, if that, they get lucky with Smoke or they get lucky with Saunders when they get him back, if something like that happens, or if they get lucky with Santana, they, they need to catch a break. And most playoff teams, or at least a lot of playoff teams, do catch that break somewhere along the line. So if they can catch a break with somebody, they might be able to beat that number. But you're back in the situation, which is kind of what the Blue Jays have been in for a little while here, where you're crossing your fingers and hoping. Yeah, that implies that a Toronto team will catch a break at some point. It's true. Uh, that does imply that. And as we know, that can never possibly happen because somehow um, I, I think that some Toronto sports fan must have sold their soul in October of 1993 or something along yeah. those lines in exchange for the Joe Carter home run. That's the yeah. only thing that you can really explain it. Because if you look at October of 93, you're just coming off of what happened with the Leafs in the conference finals against L.A. Mm-hmm. The Leafs are on a big 10-game win streak to start the season. And some Toronto sports fan says, oh, I, I, I so badly want the Blue Jays to win a second consecutive World Series. I'll sell the next 25 years of success the city might see in exchange for Joe Carter to hit a walk-off I, home run right I now. Don't, yeah, I don't think that was one. That's got to be what happened. That was an entire city of people are probably making that, that, that they, they made that like, deal with the sports devil, and yep. the sports devil gladly is collecting whatever – was owed on that particular debt. So there we are. The sports devil decided to introduce a basketball team of things that has won but one playoff series in 20 years of being around. Um, the, the sports devil is cruel. A very, very, very cruel devil. And the Toronto sports fans have been feeling the wrath of this person for quite some time. Yeah, the Jays, though, it's always been injuries. Like, there hasn't been a devastating like like the cubs who are a team oh. that's actually cursed that i wouldn't say the toronto blue jays are cursed yet and like the cubs that are a team that are actually cursed have made the playoffs and had a bunch of you know random nonsense happen to them like the bartman thing and and among other things but the jays you know they don't make the playoffs so it's just constantly guys blowing out elbows and twisting knees it's depressing yeah and you know, the every now and then they're in first place at the end of May and then things go wrong. Yeah, collapses and stuff happen. Right. But like there's never it's never like, hey, the Jays make the playoffs and they're up, you know, three two in the series, and then a bunch of weird stuff happens in the eighth inning of game six oh. and then everything snowballs. That's, that's the, the Oakland uh, that's the Oakland curse. Yes, that's, that's Oakland. That's what happens to them. Yeah. Um if you look at the teams in the major leagues though. The Blue Jays have won the World Series more recently than all but one, two, uh, three. Two of those teams are in the same division as them, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, still. They've won the World Series more recently than all but one, two, three, four, five teams in the American League. So that's not so bad. relative. Or is it just four? Yeah, they've won the World, World Series more recently than everybody but Boston, New York, the White Sox, and the Angels. That's in the American League. And then if you look over to the National League, they've won the World Series more recently than everyone other than Atlanta, Miami, Philadelphia, St. Louis, and the Boston, Giants. Yeah. Uh, and that's Oh, and Arizona as well. Yeah. If, so basically two-thirds of the league 
has had a longer World Series winning drought than the Blue Jays. So if you look at that and you think, okay, maybe the franchise isn't cursed, then you realize that every other team in the league has played playoff games since that happened. Well, then you start to feel a little bit worse about that. Yeah, and um, this is this is my biggest fear with the Jays fans because, as you know, like you cheer for every Toronto uh, professional sports team, and and that's just unfortunate for you. Now you are a Broncos fan in the NFL, so you got that going for you. Um, I like to say because I do not cheer for the Leafs because one of the things that Leaf fans tend to hang their hats on, and it's quite sad when you think about it, but Leaf fans will have conversations in bars where they say, you know, nonsense like, well, you know, people forget that the Leafs have the second most Stanley Cups in the league. You know, like we, we, you know, like we've got that going for us. And it's like, well, you haven't won in 50 years. And I I just, I'm afraid that we're going to head down this route with the Toronto Blue Jays where we keep saying stuff like, well, you know, like we remember in, you know, 19, like Tim and Sid did it today. Tim and Sid were played, um, the uh, Tom Cheek call of the, of the of the Joe Carter home run in order to get everybody you know to be like hey it's not all bad and I'm like well yeah that was you know the greatest moment in the history of Major League Baseball but you know it was 20 years ago like like how like what have you done for me lately for God's sake like it's Janet Jackson you know yeah but I think that there's a, that's a little bit different than talking about Stanley Cups that no one remembers from when the footage is all black and white compared to hey that's this true, was yeah. actually good in the lifetime of most of the people who are considering this, uh, this act, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at this website, and apparently uh, you can see the trends that they're doing in the voting as far as who's gambling on what. And um, let's say close to 90% of people who are betting are taking the Blue Jays over. So you know, that tells people that uh, that it tells us that the uh, – Average baseball fan uh, believes yeah, in the, the Toronto Blue Jays. The, the money's the money's going on the over, and, the and that's fine. I, I can understand that with that particular line. Yeah. That feels a little bit low to me. Yeah, and this is a website that I think you know it tends to have a lot of you know smarter gamblers than uh, the rest of and, them. Than, than yeah. a few of them, the other ones where it's you know guys just throwing stuff at the walls to see if it sticks. Gamblers uh, can't be that smart, otherwise the website wouldn't be there. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Craig Needles, back on. Speaking of gambling, we'll get you back on uh, Monday for a uh, March Madness pod. We're gonna do. We're gonna each fill out a bracket, and I'll probably set something up so that you know people can see our brackets on ESPN or whatnot. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then uh, you know we'll, we'll uh, look a lot up. of reading between. between yeah. Oh God, yes. Well, we don't even know who's playing who yet, and I've still got my fingers crossed that the uh, Canes can get in the tournament. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to come up with a few bets that we like for people to make for that one. Try to help some people win some money. So, Craig Needles, I will see you on Monday. Take care. Good, sir.